Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to My First Business, the podcast. I'm your host, Naeem Parvez, and I'm a relatively new and sometimes clueless business owner. And I wanted to talk to seasoned entrepreneurs to help guide me and inspire me and help me understand the best way to grow my own business. So I wanted to learn about what mistakes to avoid, how to overcome common challenges, and how to identify opportunities. And that's why I created this show for you, dear listener. So if you're running a new business or an old one, I don't care. I'm not an ageist. I bring on guests from all sorts of industries and they are full of wisdom that you'll chew right up. And each episode is going to be like a conversation with a mentor that you never had. This episode is brought to you by Digitalina. Now, I might be a bit biased as the owner of the business, but I think we've cracked the code when it comes to lead generation for service-based businesses. My co-founder, who also happens to be my wife, and I have spent years building out our own system of advertising that gets businesses new, high-quality leads, day in and day out, all on autopilot. To find out if we can do this for you and what kind of results you can expect, Let's schedule a free discovery call using our website. That's www.digitalina.io. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-I-N-A dot I-O. Now, without further ado, let's get on to the episode. My guest today is, let me let me try and do this. My guest <laughs> today is Melissa Orkamo. Yes. Did I do it right? You did it right. Amazing. Okay, plus five points for me. <laughs> Melissa, I don't want the audience to wait too much to figure out who you are, because I, I could jump right into the, the business conversation. But how about we have a little introduction about who you are and what and the path you took to get to where you are today? All right. Thank you very much for having me today. I'm really excited yeah. about connecting with you. So thank you. Um, so yes, I'm Melissa and I've been in Dubai since 2008. I followed my husband leaving a corporate career that I was uh, really, really, really passionate about. Um, a banking career actually in risk and compliance. And uh, yes, started our journey in Dubai. So it took me a little bit of time to settle in Dubai. I started a business importing products from South Africa that I really loved and enjoyed. And I unfortunately had a little bit of a medical mishap along the way in 2015 that prevented me from speaking. Actually, uh, really, it was a dental, um, <laughs> a dental um, uh, procedure that kind of went a bit wrong. Um, anyway, my poor husband, he's a He's amazing. He's really entrepreneurial. Um, he saw, obviously, that this had really affected me, and he wanted his wife back, the bubbly, happy wife that he was used to having around. And being an entrepreneur, he had a machine. And, uh, yes, he decided that maybe it was time for us to invest and investigate what this would mean, and our business was born. So for since 2015, officially 2016, I have been the owner of a company called The Party. Um, it makes it sound like I'm Venn Company. I'm not. But we do add to event companies uh, to make their celebration special for clients, directly and indirectly, and we have a lot of fun. We love what we do. We haven't been sleeping since 2016. <laughs> I have definitely wrote my husband in the business and my sister-in-law. So we are a family business, and essentially yeah. we have fun. We love what we do, and we enjoy what we're able to bring and share with Dubai and the greater UAE, actually. So Amazing. Well, can I ask you, was that your first business or were you always entrepreneurial as a kid growing up as a teenager or was this your first ever venture? No, not at all. Funny enough, I've come from a family of entrepreneurs and only realized that recently. So I've been surrounded by people that have been really successful in different you know, aspects of life, be it advertising or banking or you know, accounting, etc. 
But uh, my husband has always been entrepreneurial and from a young age, he was the one that would have little businesses along the way. I've always been really risk adverse. So I've been somebody that prefers to take the easy way. I like the comfort of a monthly salary, security, medical benefits, etc. So it was a real big stress being, you know, coming to Dubai, not having a job initially, but I needed the time off. And then importing the products from South Africa, there was a really good introduction in terms of having a business in Dubai, especially a small business, you know, the licensing requirements, the costs, um, you know, managing expectations of clients and, you know, your service providers, et cetera, just really interesting. And then obviously in 2015, when things changed, it went in a completely different direction as our business is very much involved with creativity and I'd never opened Illustrator until that point in time. <laughs> so there was a huge learning curve, but we haven't looked back and, uh, yeah, it's been interesting. So, so there's a there's a bridge of bridge of entrepreneurship that um, a lot of people are stuck on. Um, yes. Some people, maybe my audience, right? Like they have their healthy corporate careers going. They're going in the right direction. They have their degrees. Their next steps kind of planned out. Um, what was your um, what were the considerations in your mind? You said you're risk averse mostly. So, what were the risks? What were the cons list of you going into business? What was the anti case? That you were building, did you have a lot of resistance within you yes. to go full into full-time entrepreneurship? Yes. Uh, the biggest thing was actually the cost because here it's, it is expensive. Um, I wouldn't say that it's expensive in South Africa or in other countries, but here being an expat, um, you know, you needed to have a local sponsor. You needed to make sure that, you know, you, you, know, you were licensed. If you weren't licensed, there were obviously a lot of fines. Um, you know, all these costs before you've even produced a product is quite overwhelming. Um, the other thing that uh, we were mindful of is that initially we actually bought a machine that was from China. It was a disaster. Not that they're not good machines, but I think, you know, there's, it's not the quality of the machine that we were needing. And the outlay of cost for the right machine was, was exceptional. Um, but it was the risk my husband was able, well, quite comfortable taking and I wasn't. <laughs> so we lost about a year just because we had the wrong machine. And these are things that are lessons that one learns. Um, it was a good lesson because when we got on the right track with the right machine, it just opened doors and we we're actually able to produce and show products and make things that had the standard and the quality that we knew we could do. And that was really exciting. But definitely the costs. I think you, you do need to have, uh, you know, the costs in mind. You need to be mindful. And also, um, you know, other things, research your market, understand what you're getting into, understand what the pricing is in the market. It's all very well and good. As a startup business, and you're happy to give something for 20 dirhams, which should actually be 200 because you want to break into the market. But you're not going to capture your right clients. And the problem is, is when you do increase your prices because it's not sustainable, 20 dirhams, where mm -hmm. are those clients going to be? You're actually starting from scratch again. So really important, investing the time and the money in understanding your market, understanding your pricing, understanding your offering, really, really sets you up for success in the long run. And we're still learning that. <laughs> the days when, you know, we're still like, oh, gosh, you know, there's a lesson we should have learned long ago. But, uh, yeah. Did you, did you end up making a business plan from the start? Because, um, <laughs> again, the reason I ask is you're guest number 14 on the show. Yes. No, nobody, <laughs> no one yet, including myself. Like, I, I feel like the real people who want to do the work of entrepreneurship, and I say work very strongly because it is work. Yes. Don't sit down and make <laughs> make formal plans. No. Um, did you did you have it on a napkin? Was it in your head or just conversations? How are you going about the the visioning at that time? So we don't have a business plan. Um, it's something that 
yeah, it's it's yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a really interesting one because we have so many things that we can do that we're needing to start defining what our product offering is, and without a plan, you you know what's that good old phrase? You know, fail to plan, plan to fail. You know, it's a and there is a bit of truth in that. Things happened really fast for us in 2016 when we had the right machine and we're ready to go. I'm not joking when I say we didn't sleep. We really did not sleep. It has been an exhausting but a tremendously overwhelming and adrenaline-filled experience that I would do over again in a heartbeat. But definitely having a few plans along the way would have stopped a lot of stress that maybe could have been avoided, some bad mistakes. Maybe then again, me being quite risk adverse, you know, I didn't want too many people to know or understand because you don't want to feel like a failure. But again, if you have a plan, you kind of iron out all those little questions and niggles along the way. Yeah, the plan is still in progress. <laughs> I don't, I don't think the plan ever stops being no. in progress. Like, and, and again, no. I'm, I'm open to changing my mind, but yes. we've never, we've been in business two and a half years, and I've never made longer than a ninety day plan. Oh wow! Um, because a we're in the middle of COVID and we started around that time too. Um, So you could not take any macro decisions about um, planning long-term because you don't know how businesses are doing. Our revenue depends on how other businesses are doing. It's very cyclical. Yes. Um, So we, as a team too, and we'll get into family businesses (laughs) as well, it it became super important this year for us to start at least writing things down. If not, not calling them a business plan, but just writing things down that we can share with each other. Um, I wanted to ask you before we get into how you guys communicate as as a business partnership and what you found. Um, what was your first realization that you're on to something good? So you started the party around 2015, 16. Yes. At what point did you say like, okay, this is going to work? We just the way people reacted. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. And I think especially with what we do. So um, what we were most well known for at the time was actually really highly customized cake toppers. Um, and that was really amazing. We're having feedback from people saying, you know, they would have a cake topper we had designed that they had been really part of the process because that's really important for us. We like to carry our clients with us on the journey. So when they receive the product, it's almost as if they have designed it themselves and it's something very personal to them. And we'll get feedback like, well, my daughter saw her cake and it had my name Marin on it and it was Marin. It was for me. It was my cake. And it was that was really special. So, you know, it was a very emotional just kept on fueling us. We saw the reaction from people, the fact we were part of creating their memories, really powerful. And the reaction, so you you just get caught up in it. You know, you just kept on moving and going forward and sharing and exploring what you can offer. It was very, very rewarding. You know, it's, it's a very common theme and I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned this as well because uh, a lot of entrepreneurs go through that point where they ask themselves, is this worth it? <laughs> All these sleepless nights. And... Yeah. Um, a lot of my guests have said very something very similar, and I've said something very similar, that when you watch your own customer testimonials, for example, <laughs> but when you're playing back some sort of testimonial from your clients, it keeps you going. Yes, it for, does. Even, even for another day. Yes. Right? And yeah. if you're in a kind of business where you don't have that feedback direct coming directly yes. to you from a client, yes. um, then must you must struggle to move on, yeah. really, right? No, very much so. I mean, yeah. you won't always be able to please everybody. You know, sometimes yeah. clients' expectations, even though we try and be as specific as we can and we take them on the journey, you know, they're expecting something maybe bigger or maybe the color wasn't quite right. Yeah. You know, we, we're not ever going to be 100% perfect. But um, 
you know, it's it just is. It's very rewarding. I mean, those concerns are few and far between, fortunately, and our clients are extremely loyal, and that helps a lot. I did have a thought on something you mentioned, though. Um, it's it's very rewarding with what we do. So, for example, we'll take a piece of wood, and we import our wood from Scandinavia, so it's incredible. It's just it's like silk. It's amazing. And we create something with it, whether it's a plaque or a sign or cake topper or key ring, you know, you name it. And you look back, and it's it's just such a sense of satisfaction from a design phase, a raw material to a finished product. And then the best thing is my husband is hysterical. Um, often because my sister-in-law is an incredibly talented designer, and she's part of our team. And she's we actually worry sometimes because she's not being utilized to her full uh, potential with us. But at least she's still having fun. But if there's a design that keeps on being repeated or requested, my husband takes ownership of it, whether he did it or not. <laughs> He's forever saying that must be one of my designs. It's one of the top <laughs> designs. It must be mine. But it's and that's what's nice is it's just that we all love it so much and we're all so passionate about it. And I think that's what also we keep each other going that way as well. Yeah, it's not always easy. Um, you know, family, <laughs> people, emotions. Yeah. That's not easy. But um, talking about family, I want to do a switch in the timeline again. So back to when you were almost starting or yes. just starting. Yes. Um, you mentioned your family come from family for entrepreneurs already. Yes. What was the reaction of people in your lives? I'm talking family. I'm talking corporate friends. I'm talking ex bosses. Um, I'm talking anyone that you knew that knew you as like this girl's climbing the corporate ladder. <laughs> what was the reaction um, or objections or support that you received to kind of push ahead with full time entrepreneurship? It was interesting because we had somebody tell us that um, it's a phase; it's not going to last. Don't invest too much time or money in it. It's, you know, it's yeah. not really going to go anywhere. So that was. A bit of a surprise. Um, our families have all been really supportive. I think they were happy that, especially with what had happened with my previous business and then the the medical issue with the dentist, moving forward into something that we were happy again. I was alive. I was back to being me. So they were just motivated and happy about that. And they thought it was something maybe a little bit of a hobby. It sounded quite cute. <laughs> um, they were also surprised, especially my previous work colleagues, that from you know risk and compliance corporates, you know, sort of boardroom meetings suddenly to designing things that they were really, really surprised. And it actually motivated a lot of them as well to see that, you know, we do have this in us. You know, a lot of us don't realize that there is something in us that can actually be touched on and and found. You know, it's a it's a really good stress release as well, though it's stressful. <laughs> I do have sleepless nights. But um, everybody's been really, really welcoming and supportive. Yeah. Um, you know, especially in the beginning, who are your biggest critics and your support? It's going to be family and friends. Yeah. So they're the ones that you're trying everything out on, you, you know, looking for feedback. And they can be brutal. <laughs> they can, but mostly it's all gone really well. So that's good. That, no, yeah. that's good because um, I ask because this is something that I initially struggled with. Um, yeah. Very similar things like, oh, it's a phase. Yeah. Um, oh, you're trying this thing out. Oh, it's just it's just a side thing, right? You're going back into a job, and I was I was 20, 34 at the time that I started, right? Okay. So the the discussions I had in my own mind was, I'm still pretty employable. If mm -hmm. this doesn't work out, yes. let's go back to the job world. Yes. And my family on the other side, so my parents especially, they are like none none of us have done business before. Oh wow! So generationally, no one has had any long sustainable business, at least from my dad's side. 
my mom's side is a little bit more entrepreneurial but it's not looked up upon right mm. you we sent you abroad to study yes. why are you you know you got a degree in finance <laughs> yes. you quit that well paying career and i was making yeah. good money in finance yeah. too so it wasn't about the money but it always is oh yeah and um yeah i i think they're still warming up to the, it's been two and a half years and they're still warming up to the idea like oh you do your own business like yes yes i do <laughs> oh it's not a hobby anymore so especially things like working from home right it looks yes. like a joke it doesn't look like a proper business right like oh you got your office on the in a tiny room with with a desk <laughs> that doesn't you know you can, you'd have to kind of squeeze through from the desk to the to the door um so that's really really good to hear that you had that support i think also the point you made about having your own critics i think that's necessary too right yes to actually do the stress test in your yes. in your own mind and it really depends on you i mean how much of that did you take to heart like your actual yeah. products when you get like that kind of feedback or how much do you look at as objectively as like okay that's a good point i'm going to work on it because it's a creative endeavor right yes so it's very subjective everything yes. that you're putting out is very subjective yes how do you piece through that criticism early on um in your start of your journey how were you responding to it well we realized very quickly that we would not be for everybody so in terms of what we're offering even the price thing we pitch things that so you know obviously days when um orders weren't coming through we were panicking about like well maybe we're not doing this right or maybe it's wrong or you know so that wasn't easy um you know the feedback that we had from people we took it on board sometimes they didn't send the big picture so it's always good to look at everything on an objective point of view and try not take it personally um and then just try and improve on it and you know go back to them when when we had changed something and say well, what do you think about this now there was a good point or it didn't really work often though with what they had told us about maybe something they'd seen actually resulted in a further problem that we were not aware of being identified and it actually saved us so that's why especially people that know you well if they are able to you know spend a bit of time and really be interested not just a case of you know ticking boxes and saying things you want to hear it really helps so much because if, if we didn't have that feedback those big lessons possibly would have cost us a lot more down the line and actually maybe might have demotivated us to the extent we didn't want to expand the way we have and grow the way we have yeah so that was a it was a help you know it's not always easy especially you know tough love <laughs> yeah you know people that know you know exactly you know which buttons to push and what not so <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. the the way i relate to this is so I, i'm a part time a bedroom musician oh, wow. as i would like to call it um and sometimes i'd i'd make tracks and i'd have my wife listen to it and uh she'd give me recommendations and i said this is a song that i wrote i'm not taking recommendations <laughs> this is you either like it or you don't and that yes. i kind of had an, and then sometimes you piece it apart you said okay um there is some point to what you're doing um and i try to relate that to business every day um mm -hmm. so i was thinking or meditating about the reasons why i started the business mm -hmm. um and three things popped up in my mind one was i wanted to have this kind of lifestyle that only a business owner can have comes with the sleepless nights but it has the upside yes. too and mostly it was about who i spend my time with yes. what i spend my time doing and i wanted to play a bit more so you get to play if that word has a lot of connotations that you get to play more as a business person secondly was about money i can immediately like instead of waiting for a promotion and a raise if i want to increase my income i can take on some extra work extra projects extra clients increase prices i can do that almost overnight versus yes. in a career and the last reason was to build it as a creative expression 
which is what you know I'm hearing from you as well. Like your business is like your creative expression to the world. It's how you leave your energy and your mark into into the world as well. And when it comes to that, taking advice or comments and feedback is so super important, which is something I've changed my mind on. And initially I was like, no, it's very subjective, just like my music. But the more and more older I get into business, I guess, I'm trying to learn the art of like, oh, you have feedback for me. Let me take it down <laughs> and work on it. Um, do you feel do you feel that has stayed the same for you? Like having that kind of uh, feedback loop between partners, between um, customers, between friends and family. Um, how's that feedback loop um, or how would you uh, describe it today? It, it's been great. I mean, what has been interesting as well is that often, you know, we come across uh, projects that we're involved in that maybe aren't really our style and maybe aren't really because we tend to have a bit of a signature style and look with the way we do things. Um, but it's a project we'd really like to do because it's challenging. And they will pick up on it and say, well, it's not really your usual kind of style or work. And it's not easy to hear. At the end of the day, the customer's happy. We delivered something that was exceptional. You know, expectations were met. Everything was good. So it's, you know, also to remind them that because of the growth of our business and the direction we're needing and wanting to grow and go, it doesn't always mean that we're going to be doing exactly what we want and our imprint on it. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable and we're going to have to be challenged. And so that's interesting but most of the time they've you know been really excited and then they have really good ideas because they can see what we can do and how far we've come <laughs> and they ask us to do things maybe we've done about three four years ago because they really like that and we should do more of that but we've evolved since then so that's also interesting yeah. um which is lovely it just shows that you know things we've done have really resonated with them and they're excited for us so it's the most important thing so we're talking so we're talking about having your external environment kind mm -hmm. of uh impact your business i want to ask you about have you massively or what's whatever the opposite of massively is changed direction of the business in a way that you change what you provide as a product or a service would you call um, anything a pivot in your journey so far um how have you done it often well COVID really for everybody yeah. i mm -hmm. don't think anybody's walked away from it without some sort of impact mm -hmm. changed a lot of our plans not the business plan, but the like the plans that we're making on you know on the go kind of plans. Mm -hmm. So we've had to sit back and look at the direction, and it's actually happening now at the end of the summer. It's a very exciting time for us. We are going to be launching very specific ranges of products that we'll be taking to store, which before we've never really done. We do everything is really highly customized. So normally, I'd say like ninety percent of our work is something that you can't just buy off the shelf. But we're having clients that are wanting to find our products in store. So we are needing to obviously start that. And it's it also makes business sense with the stage of our business where we need to have an ongoing sell, sort of sales revenue coming through that kind of just takes over. Um, I mentioned earlier when we were just uh, chatting briefly that my husband's ideal job is um, where you make money while you sleep. And essentially that's what this will do. You know, it's going to be online will be in store it will be easy to pick up and grab something different something a lot of fun um as opposed to us waking up on a monday morning it's like okay let's see what emails and orders we have today because that's essentially what does happen yeah. and you know you don't know what's coming we could do 50 different things in a week whereas at least even my team you know they will know that this specific product it's just it's on a treadmill just keeps on going it, it works it's fine they know what to do less mistakes you know all these other little things and joys we have yeah um so yes, the pivot has happened because of COVID. We've needed to. Um, the other thing with COVID that was interesting is 
there has been an emergence of a lot of small businesses. I'm sure you've seen recently in the press, it was something like 45,000 business licenses this year. Wow. Incredible mm -hmm. for small businesses. Um, that means that we've got an interesting mix of people that are doing things that are similar to what we are. They're not doing exactly what we are, but it, so I don't really want to call them competition as such, but there are people that are playing in our space and as they evolve and get, better and stronger in their, in their business and some of them obviously fall away and some of them will grow they then would obviously be playing more in our space so we are needing to change direction a little bit you know we've we've achieved a lot we've experienced a lot and we need to use our skills we've got a lot more machines we've got a lot more to offer and now's the time so that is quite exciting so, so when you when you do these pivots these uh would you call them experiments or what's the thought process in terms of treading towards it is it tread carefully is it go all in do you kind of abandon the past to go into the future or do you kind of lightly tread the waters to see if this would be your thing so uh, me treading water of course the risk yeah. adverse but my husband is gun ho jumping in let's make it happen um, yeah. it's very much a 50 60 scenario <laughs> in a sense that we know we need to do this yeah. um i've been very fortunate that i've had tremendous um opportunities within the, since covid with people coming across our path that have just had insight into our business, offered really good advice, actually taking the time to get to know what we do, get to know me, get to see the passion behind the business and saying little things that aren't easy to hear, but like, guys, do you need your generic range out there, you know, and you've got so much to offer. Yes, you're taking clients' ideas and you're making something exceptional with your fingerprint on it, but how about you do your own thing 100% with your fingerprint? I mean, if it's, you know, things that you have already released, you can't keep up with so why not just take it a step further and make it official so it's an uncomfortable time i think change is never easy which is good um but also it's it's at that stage where our business is now that if we don't take this next step i think we'll just plateau we'll just keep on going along and i don't really want to plot anymore i'm feeling a little bit risk like a bit of a risk taker <laughs> yeah dare i say my husband will be delighted to hear that. But wow. there comes a time when you need to. It's it's not that it's a make or break, but I would like my business to grow further. And why not? Yeah, you know. So no, I I mean the thing that I've that I'm learning as well for myself. Uh, I'm similar to you in terms of being risk averse. I'm keeping tabs. Like I count dirhams, and I'm <laughs> I, I've, I count fills for for as long as I know. And you know, everyone has their own relationship to risk, and you yes. know how it was defined when you were kind of growing up, and what family you had. And we've, you know, I I look back now, and I can trace to where it all came from. Because um, my mom and dad moved in with me, so I'm like, oh, this, oh, I I, I totally get it now. And I haven't lived with them for. Well, it's been more than 15 years since wow. I lived with them. So they just moved in with me. And I'm starting to realize all of these kind of um, the rule book that I have in my mind of what to do and what not to do and how to do it uh, was formed on pretty early. And then um, I'm watching it change or unfold kind of similar um, as as you are, because A, the passion is kind of driving it too, right? Like you are so in love with what you do in terms of what you put out to the world. Yes. Maybe not so much as what you do. Um, I'll talk about what you do. Um, do you have a job description written for yourself? I know there's no business plan, but... No, not really. Um, I think it's because I wear so many hats. It's 
I've, I've realized lately, my parents are visiting at the moment, which is amazing. And um, my mom was saying to me, she's like, gosh, you don't sit down. I'm like, yeah, I think I've actually got adult ADHD, which I've developed. <laughs> and it's not intentional, but it's somebody wants something all the time. It's either a phone call or my husband needs something. And he actually does have a job. So he supports me in the business. Okay. So um, he's very flexible. Well, no, I shouldn't say flexible. He has accessible time frame that he can obviously help and support. Um, he was retrenched in COVID, so there was a period of time he got very involved with the business and he's been able to maintain a bit of support, which is just amazing. Um, but he definitely is a, a, a big like, support and crutch for me, but he's needing something or my team's needing something or a driver's come. So I find that I'm not sitting down and just taking care of one thing. And then I'm also social media and marketing. I'm accountant. Um, the packer, I'm the quality controller, <laughs> I also the your, designer, your sales, your, I'm sales. Yeah, yeah. So it lights up getting quite overwhelming. And especially when you get quite busy, it's something has to give. So for my job description, I wouldn't mind actually having one. Maybe it would define things a bit better for me, make things clearer. So it's a really good point. I, um, we read about it in a book. I don't know if you've heard of this book called The E-Myth Revisited. No. by Michael Gerber. I literally bring this up in every conversation because I'm trying to get myself to write a proper job description too. But it's a book for small businesses and how to structure them and why small businesses fail. So it's not a big corporate book. It's for small businesses. And one of the things the author does mention, and he's a coach, a business coach, and he mentions writing down a job description. So my last, the last time I tried to write one down was a month ago. It was eight pages long no because of all the hats right because yes, i've, I've got the hats. admin hat the finance hat yeah. the operations hat the biz dev hat yeah. the and all these hats and i started looking at um joy like where 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 is the joy coming from mm. so i wanted to ask you that too when if you were to look at you know if your job description just laid out over here which part gives you the most joy When the final approval of a design has come together and you know that you can do it, because it's a challenge. We get thrown some pretty, pretty crazy ideas by clients. And we had one a year ago that was just insane. Um, and just seeing it come together once everything is approved and done, it's that feeling, it's the challenge, the knowing that it's the final stretch now, it's going to come together and then the reward of it being done. So I think that if it, all the other noise could be taken away, I think if I could just spend my time doing that, that would be amazing. And have you tried to delegate the other stuff yet? Yeah, but the, yeah. my name seems to be needed to, to be verbalized at least 30 times a day. So the days that I'll say um, to my team and that, like, I'm not here, I'm invisible. I'm sure you can manage. So like today is going to be interesting. I don't know what's facing me when I get back <laughs> later i really don't yeah so um but that's good i mean it's nice but it's really interesting so i'm sure you've also had um people speak about being in your business or in your job and on, on your, your job business, yeah i've been thinking about it a lot lately because i'm very in my business and there's a lot of criticism about being in your business i wasn't in my business there would be no business so it's interesting because how do you, like I was even thinking funny enough on this morning when I was like mentally preparing for today, um, Tash from Tish Tash is incredible. And I was thinking about her. Shout out to Tash. Shout out to Tash. <laughs> and I was thinking about this in and on your business. It's really been on my mind a lot lately. Um, I think maybe because the changes that are coming in September and our growth that we are planning towards. 
if I think about her business, she's in her business, but she's also on her business. She seems to get a really good mix. And there are a couple of other people that stand out doing that. I don't know how they manage it. Maybe they don't sleep like me. But I just do know that if I'm not as involved, things won't necessarily be what they are. And then this is what has defined the party. So it's a really, really, really challenging stage that I'm at personally on my journey as a business owner. We were, we were touching on this a little bit uh, before we started recording. We we're talking about being true to your nature yeah. as well, right? So I'll give you a story. We had a consultant on the show here as well, and he helps businesses improve their businesses. That's what a consultant's job is. And he mentioned he had this client who um, was an architect and built an architecture firm, doing really well, growing really hard, really strongly. And he found himself in a corner office, a CEO's office, being bored to death <laughs> by his own business yeah. because he became the CEO and the leader. And um, he basically, the consultant asked him, like, leave that office, go back on the floor and sit with your team. And his life changed, like the CEO's mm -hmm. life changed. So he's back with his rulers and he's, he's doing the drawings and he's, he's found his joy again. So it goes back to thinking about what we're thinking about right now too. And it's our current struggle as well. So maybe we can jam a bit more about it. Um, so Alina is more in the business. So she's our technical lead in the sense that what our service is, she designs a service that ends up being utilized by our clients. Okay. And she's got her formula and she's got her stamp on it and she's got her creativity on it. And, um, I keep trying to remove her because I want her to work with me on the business because I'm the one working on the business and I want her because I, I really love her input and her hustle and everything and I'm kind of struggling on my own to do take on all the projects that I want to. She's been trying to remove herself for the business for two and a half years. So we, I asked her, okay, this job description question, I asked her, in a year, if we were to remove you from in the business, what would you be doing? And there wasn't that much joy as you expect in working nice. just on the business, especially for people that enjoy the creative uh, process of putting that service or that product together. Yes. Um, so it's a it's an ongoing journey. I don't. It's it's kind of seems exclusive, or it's made to seem exclusive, right? You either work in the business or on the business. If you work mm -hmm. in the business, it won't grow. If you work mm -hmm. on the business, it'll grow, but it might suck yeah. more on a day to day basis for you. Yes. So I don't know, how, how else are you thinking about this? Are you thinking at some point you will kind of switch into more like a CEO role where you're just overlooking and managing or? I'm trying to, because I do find that when I am able to go out and meet clients that I'm able to build the relationships and it actually brings a lot more business to the business. So it is a bit difficult to see how that's going to work. One thing I did think of though is um, we're only as good as the team we surround by. So I have an option of then bringing in people that will complement what I do and are able to pick up things that I'm not maybe should be spending my time on. Why I'm spending my time on that or time wastage. Like little things, the quality control and packaging. I'm a bit obsessive compulsive. <laughs> so I like to look at things and check everything's okay. You know, again, I don't want comebacks um, if there's something wrong. And often things get missed. And, you know, it's just a quick glance. And especially if you've done the artwork, you want to very quickly if there's something out of line or not correct. But it doesn't mean that I can't hand over those to somebody that maybe is as passionate and OCD as I am. It's just finding the right person. So I think that is what's going to need to happen. My team actually needs to grow. I need more hands to help. 
We're slowly doing that. I have an accountant coming. That's great. And she's amazing. So there's a lot that I am able to release and let go of. But I don't think it will ever be a 100% clean break. It's just not going to be possible, I think. <laughs> That's what you signed up for. Yeah, I think I did. So, Well, yeah. speaking of team too, let's, let's jump into um, family business. You're a proud family business yes. owner. And uh, one of the ways Alina brought me into the business was through that phrase. She's like, let's build a family business. Mm -hmm. So it's business agnostic, industry agnostic. She said, family business, we should have something of our own. Uh, I wanted to know your experience so far. You've, so you've got your, your husband and your sister-in-law yes. in the business, right? Yes. In terms of family. How does that work in terms of, we talked about job description, but in terms of responsibilities, how do you guys know who's up to what? Um, how do you connect? Do you connect once in a while to discuss things? If you can paint a picture of how this uh, this family business looks or operates. Um, <laughs> um, it's like a... Um, huh. What, what do they call those dinners where you throw everything together that's in the fridge? <laughs> like a potluck, hot luck dinner, something it, like that? It's, it's called every day for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I think with my sister-in-law, I'll start with her. She's incredibly, incredibly talented. And she's um, she worked for an agency in South Africa for 10 years. She's won awards. She actually even won an award here. She entered a competition when my niece was all of three weeks old, I think, and she won. Um, which is amazing. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think she's a bit wasted with us because of her talents and skills. But she definitely helps us in terms of the getting things right. And she's a very, um, she has a very, very quiet and uh, serene-like approach to things. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's she's just not somebody, I'm actually louder and more noisy than what she is in terms of verbalizing things, but she just quietly guides us. So that's amazing. She's a very calming effect on us. My husband, obviously, being um, the risk takers, jumping everywhere, wanting to do everything, so I'm always sending him to keep quiet. <laughs> and then um, they both think that I'm very strict and stingy. Um, but you have to have somebody that's strict and stingy. So I think the lead in terms of the environment is I generally do take the lead more. It's, um, I'm also the one that's mainly answering all the emails and the inquiries. So when people think of the party, they don't think Tim or they don't think Tim's, and they actually say Melissa. And that's been a bit difficult because I'm all about sharing and making everybody feel part of the team but they've all been quite happy taking the roles that they have so my husband's really good with um, you know making sure the artworks all correct and making sure the guys that actually work our machines are up to scratch that they and we understand our machines and our business really well that's one thing that was very important for all three of us is that we intimately know and understand the capabilities of our machines and the material we work with so at any given time, I can look at something and I can tell you why it broke, how it broke, when it broke, et cetera, because we've experienced that ourselves. We don't want to put something out there that is not going to be of a standard or quality that we wouldn't be happy with ourselves. And I think that's the thing. We've all got very strong and very um, consistent feelings and views about the standard of the products, the, the quality of the design, the passion behind it. And we've all naturally just gravitated and found our roles without really specifying things. Um, certain projects we know immediately has just got Tamsin written all over it, and she even knows that. <laughs> she generally started it before we've even mentioned, and um, Tim will pick up things when he sees that drawers, drawers have been dropped. So, yeah, 
it works. That's most probably not what the textbook say it should do, but it does work. Probably so, not. No. <laughs> we can both guess that's probably not what the textbook no, says. No, definitely not. But yeah. we, like, initially, I want to ask you to, initially we had a lot of, uh, between Alina and I, we had, uh, oh, I thought you were doing that. Uh, yeah, we have had it too. Yeah, we have. Are you, are you better at yeah. it now? What, what has helped you we become better are, at it? I think um, the fact that I am kind of going to be a bit strict and stingy. <laughs> so I kind of uh, can, you know, I kind of do delegate things quite, quite strongly. Um, my husband and I have very different ways of working though. Um, so, you know, I like things to be done and organized, whereas he's actually happy working in chaos, which is quite interesting. I'm, I'm so. smiling. <laughs> right. It's like it's like looking in a mirror. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Too funny. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and then of course things do happen. Balls do get dropped. We sometimes do have problems with the emails and things don't come through. And he might get the email and I don't because um, he has it all connected directly on his side, whereas I'm redirecting. And, you know, then it's like, well, you saw it. Why didn't you do anything about it? <laughs> yeah. So there's moments. What is challenging, though, is when I am needing downtime and to step away from the business is when my husband then has the best ideas and he wants to talk about it and I'm just wanting to zone out. So it's finding a time when you actually divorce the business and personal. And I'm going to use the word divorce because it actually needs to be a hard, cold cut. When it's weekend time, it's weekend time. You know, otherwise it gets too much. It's all you speak about. It's all you're thinking about. And it can become very stressful. Um, I'm very aware of, you know, finances and everything and the money in the business and what we need to have to meet our overheads. Whereas my husband, that's the least thing that he worries about. His idea is like, we'll always make a plan where I don't want to be making plans. I have to have that plan in place, which I do. So um, that makes it interesting as well, because if we do have arguments, it's normally about something he wants to buy, and I say no. <laughs> this, is, so. this is the story of my life, so I'm going to dig into this a bit more. <laughs> How do you guys find that, that middle ground? Not to say that we have it bad, but it's a similar thing that um, our outlook is very different on our day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month outlook. So I'm looking at the numbers, I know my margins, I know our retention rates, I know I'm tracking the metrics. I'm looking at things like she started off the business. I'll give you the BTS story. She started off the business as a mistake, okay. which was she's a freelancer taking on a few clients to do their advertising for them. Uh, two clients became four, four became six, six became Amazing. eight. And uh, at that point, she was doing too much on her own. Mm-hmm. And it was around COVID. Um, and um, the all our clients cut off the retainers, all her clients, and she was kind of left twiddling her thumbs, but knowing with her ever-ending optimism, as I'm sure your husband has too, that things are going to pick up and when they do come back, they're going to come back with full force. So that's the time where I said, okay, if I do come on and she was kind of requesting, like, you know, maybe it is time now. And I said, I always wanted to work with you. Uh, okay, so let's let's do this together. My first course of action was to organize her because I couldn't start. So it was already like low period time in COVID. So I set up our ERP. I set up, okay, this is where the client dashboard is. This is where our service dashboard. These are the documents we always have. These are the folders we need. This is where the Excel sheets go for the money stuff. This is who's going to do our accounting. And like just fixing invoices that she's been issuing for a year you know, there's like three invoices titled invoice number four, four. Like, uh, what? Can, we, can we can we please clean this up? <laughs> yes. So we do a lot of that um, kind of similar energy that you guys have. And we're trying to find ways to meet in the middle. And she's very responsive to when I say be more organized with this or no more. But she'll do it for a little bit and then she'll go back into her own creative world. 
And then on the other side, she'll have me take more risk and be more chaotic with the thing. And I'll do it for a little bit, but then I revert to my mean or revert to my, my own nature. Yes. How have you guys found um, accountability to each other? Just a little twist on the question is when you ask the other person to do something, uh, even though it's probably against their nature fully, how do you keep them going um, and keeping them accountable and keeping them responsible? And how do you know when to let go of your request? Letting go is difficult. That is difficult. It's not easy. Um, yeah, I'm sure how to answer this one. Um, I packed I packed a lot into that question a for, into a, for, a, for a reason. I wanted to okay. see where you take this. Um, so what normally lands up happening is I kind of, you know, <laughs> there's a... It's a horrible phrase. Give a man enough rope and he'll hang himself. So <laughs> it's basically, I know I have to step back and I allow things to run. And then when it comes to that, like, you know, the 11th hour, that's when the magic does happen. So we never get to the hanging ourselves phase. Um, but it's, it definitely does become quite intense in that. And it's always come right. It's always been pulled off. Might have been an all nighter to make it happen. But. Sometimes if you don't go through those learning and experiences, you won't be able to handle it again. You know, it's things can happen. I might need to travel to South Africa urgently next week. Who knows? And can the business carry on without me? It needs to. You know, I might not be available for eight hours on a flight. I can't be panicking about something without knowing that Tim or Tamsin or my team can actually pick up and just carry on as if I'm there. So I know that I can be strict and stingy. I need to release a lot of that and I need to let them make the mistakes without me always being a safety net. And I think that's the big thing is understanding when you're a safety net and letting people just kind of run on their own as well. But just being aware that when the 11th hour comes and the magic's not happening yet, that you need to be able to pull all the rabbits out of all the hats. <laughs> and yeah. that's hard, especially um, when you are somebody that like sees the big picture and likes to have things organized and planned. Um, but I have seen with my husband that, for using him as an example, is even when it gets to the 11th hour, what he's able to achieve is incredible and possibly more than what I would be able to. So it works. <laughs> I, I think that combination is so necessary, right? Yeah. Um, like either one of you on your own would be a very different business. Yes. But together... Um, um, would you say you're arguably stronger together than you would be individually? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And then obviously with Tamsin as well. And then even my guys. I have two teams that uh, manage our machines and make sure that everything runs smoothly and all the different projects that we have coming through at the same time. So and we work really closely with them. So, you know, we often also be down on the floor working with them on the machines and getting things ready. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you about people, but I think one realization that I'm coming to, um, in terms of looking at you as a mirror, <laughs> uh, one of the difference that we've been able to do, so I'm more like you in the, in the sense that please don't ask me to do something on the last day. Yes. Or why didn't you tell me this a week ago when you knew about it? Yes. Um, we could have we could have worked on this a week ago. I, yes. I, I don't like, but my day is planned out and something new comes in. I, it's yeah. uh, it's very messy for my, my brain to manage it. Yes. For her, it's it's as per usual. <laughs> You know, she'd have a full planned day and the emergency would come and she'd be like, yeah, this is this is fine. Have you seen that meme with that dog drinking a coffee and there's fire everywhere and he's saying that this is fine? Yeah, that's her. That's her all the time. But um, I wanted to, wanted to understand from you in terms of team. You mentioned yes. your team as well. 
What have you found in terms? Are these are these long term employees? Or are they full time? So um, they're full time. So um, mm-hmm. we've well, the one guy's just been with us coming up three years, and the other mm-hmm. one a year and a half. So um, yeah, obviously COVID was an interesting time because they weren't really uh, with us working as much as what we would like them to be. So yeah. they are long term, but they're also quite new <laughs> thanks to COVID. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it works well. I mean, they're both really great, and they understand what we're needing. It's we, and how we work. So it works well. I'm going to ask you if you let's say we all know in our gut when we found good people. Yes. Right. Like you just know. Like yes. you don't need a textbook and checklist to it. You just know when you have good people. What yes. have you thought of ways of retention? Like how do you when you know you found your right hand person or left hand woman or whatever it is? What do you think about motivating them to stay stay with you long term be with you um, as long as they can so that's really interesting that you asked that question because it's something that's actually really important to us and um, it's difficult in terms of what we do because we have like exceptionally busy days where it's just not enough hours to get everything done and then it's some downtime like at the moment a lot of people are traveling so we're able to get things organized and part of that is actually defining their job description and doing appraisals with them so that they are feeling valued And they're feeling that they've also got growth. Although we do exciting different things all the time, it can also be pretty boring. You take material, you're putting it on a machine, you're making the machine do it, you're taking it off, it's the next one. It's on, off, on, off. Sometimes it's different. Obviously, each project is different. So them seeing and being part of the end result is very rewarding. But there's more that they can do. For example, both of them can also design. I'm not using them as designers at the moment. Why? Because I don't have the capacity to have them step away from the machine. So that means I need somebody else possibly to come in. So we're identifying areas that they have got skills that we're not utilizing. We're making them aware of the fact that we know about these skills. And where there are gaps, we obviously, we're trying to um, encourage them to, if they see something that we've designed, and maybe there's something that could be changed or better, to tell us. We're trying to have an open conversation because we feel that the more they're feeling part of the project or part of working as part of the bigger team, the more they'll feel, you know, the appreciation, enjoyment of, of the job. Um, so as I mentioned, I've got two guys and initially they both used to start work at the same time. It was from nine to six. We've just recently changed that and it's actually working better. So one of the guys starts at eight and finishes at five and the other one stays on from nine until six. And the growth between for both of them already just since only been a month has been amazing because we've actually had a bit of one-on-one time with each of them. We've been able to see and understand like personal problems maybe that we could see. We all get bees in our heads. Mm-hmm. We all have issues, we all have worries, mm-hmm. and sometimes just acknowledgement or understanding of that has you know, given them an opportunity just to feel valued, heard, seen, and um, you know, just questioning things. Maybe they didn't feel comfortable in front of their, their co-worker, maybe they weren't feeling too sure about something, you know, pertaining to a job, and they were just doing it. So it's allowed for greater communication. We've seen that they are the works flowing smoother just there seems to be a bit more happiness so that's great not that there wasn't before but it just seems to be a, the environment just seems to be lighter and we also bought radios <laughs> i know it's something so silly but the machines are noisy we work basically it's a workshop that we're in we call it a studio but essentially it's a workshop i mean noisy machines there's like foam cutting machines and laser machines and printers and all things happening but the just the music in the background it really has helped and you wouldn't think something so small so we're trying to do little things like that just what can we make better you know make sure there's always tea and coffee available make sure there's always cold water little things that you take for granted they they're not they actually are big things you know um 
if there's no work over the weekend, we're supposed to work um, Monday to Saturday. Guys, day off. I'm not going to have them sitting there doing nothing. For what? It's not. It's counterproductive. Rather let them be out with family and friends enjoying the beautiful Dubai summer. Lovely. <laughs> But it's little things that we're trying to do. So the, the big thing now is though the job description. Um, we recently sat with an HR lady and just redefined it, especially with the new labor law. And there's lots of things that change in the whole time in Dubai. That, you know, we need to be kept abreast of on top of everything else. So it's really interesting what has come about. And it's definitely something that um, is good for small business owners to know about, especially if you have staff. Um, so they at least know that we know and they know that we, you know, we're sharing, we're speaking about it all. So it's new labor contracts and all these fun things. But it's, we're trying to keep everything that it's approachable and open as possible because without them, <laughs> we won't be able to get our orders out either. So they are part of a, a finely oiled machine that we need to keep moving in a positive direction. Yeah, it's definitely so, a two-way relationship, right? Yes. And Dubai work culture is, is really funny. Um, I'm not sure if your your team, were they are they used to working in Dubai? Have they been here a while as well? So yes, so the newest member of the team has actually been in Dubai for 10 years and he was part of the company that was building the Museum of the Future. Oh, great. Yeah, so really okay. interesting. Anyway, that's another story for, for another day. It's quite an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's well-versed in different types of machines, but very, I mean, he used to manage a team of 50 people. He was a supervisor. So he's very structured in his approach. Amazing. Got great ideas. Um, the other guy, he's um, he was also been in Dubai, not as long, um, most probably about four and a half, five years. But uh, he was initially in Sharjah, so for him to make the move to Dubai was also something different for him. It's a big deal. It is, but yeah. it was quite sweet. We spoke to him. Um, he was went on his annual leave, and before he went, we were just checking in on everything, and he said that working with us has been life changing. And that's amazing. That, that's what you want to hear. You know, you want to know that you've made an improvement or a difference in somebody's life. And, you know, maybe it's the opportunities or the exposure or the learning that he's getting because no day is the same. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and that's great. So if we, if when he leaves, and that's a big thing is when either them and of course the time will come that they're going to want to seek other opportunities, they need to leave better than what they arrived. So more exposed, more challenged, more equipped for future challenges in, in business. Obviously, we'll be sad to let them go, but it's the reality of Dubai. We do know that, you know, people come and people go. Yeah, it's it's so, a it's a transient place. I mean, yes. we've we've both been corporate employees to know that there is always a uh, the grass is on the green the grass is greener on the other side kind of mentality that you yes. have more so with being in a job than being in a business. You don't yes. want to start a new business every three months. Yes, um, but uh, with with jobs that that's why I ask about retention because a it's a transient place. Yes, b um, you do help people grow and you want the best for them Yes, as well. Um, and, you know, me being a small business, I do feel strange sometimes that, you know, I have someone that is probably going to be valued more somewhere else, but I really love them. Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of challenge, I think our, our coming at it is similar to yours. If I may describe your method, you're coming at it from the heart too, right? Yes. Like you're trying to build relationship because that is non-replicatable yes. in uh, especially in a market like this yes. um, where bosses are known to have a certain whip to them or uh, they have just different management procedures here you know my mm-hmm. dad worked here for 40 years i've uncles and aunts and the stories we've heard are very different than how we approach um, our staff and how we talk and build relationships with mm-hmm. them um, i think it's very hard to replicate that right but at the end of the day, if the money is not as much or the experience or the learnings are not as mm-hmm. much, then 
people have to find their own own balance as well right so we can we can only hope and try yeah that they they stay with us my my goal is to like make enough money not for myself but so i can pay the people that i love working with yes as mm-hmm. much as i can and mm-hmm. if i can't then that's on me uh for not growing the business enough and um but yeah it's a it's a work in progress i guess <laughs> um but i'm, yeah. I'm taking some notes on, on how you were describing that i think alina would really like uh listening to that that part as well yeah. i want to talk about different kinds of people not ones that work with you but collaborations and partnerships so mm. i'm guessing or you can tell me you have experience with that in the last six or seven years so when it comes to having those kind of relationships right partners that take a part of the service or make introductions what are you looking for in a partner are you kind of chasing the partnerships are they coming to you how are you kind of mentally qualifying you know what i want to work with these guys they have something what's what's your qualification criteria in terms of the people the opportunity how do you assess it knowing that you're probably calculate everything in your mind <laughs> and you're risk risk adverse um how do you view a new partnership that's coming into the business well it's been interesting because there's different types of partnerships as you said so mm-hmm. we've had some and I'll start with the the investor one actually we've had a number of our clients actually approach us over the years wanting to actually buy into our business or invest into the business and we've cautiously had a few meetings and discussed it we've never followed through with it even though it actually possibly would have been good ideas to do but we weren't ready for it and i think that's the big thing is if if you're not ready for it and, and you need to know that it could also land up costing you your business so we i think more ready now and especially with what's going to be happening towards the end of the year to actually revisit some of these and we have been approached recently again as well I think because um we very fortunately build good relationships with our clients and they can see what we deliver and the opportunities sometimes better than what we can and they're just so excited and they know they can assist so but yes it's it does get a bit overwhelming when they're wanting to do due diligences and things and you realize how vulnerable you are in that situation especially being a small business because things happen so fast for us we didn't really have all our fundamentals in place the way one should for example a business plan but as you said not many people have them anyway but they they're little things that funny enough can actually value your business in a different way so my business could be valued for 1000 dirhams or it could be valued for the true potential of 5000 dirhams if i had these fundamentals in place like i had a clearly defined mission vision maybe a bit of a structure even if it's on a napkin just something that actually has a bit of direction that people can actually see there's a projection for a time frame um so that's the big picture other side of an interesting part of the animal business side you know it's the and business is definitely an animal that uh, has many different paces it's a fast race horse sometimes <laughs> anyway then other ones so we obviously have direct you know relationships and partnerships with people so because we work with um for example bakers we have had long standing relationships with bakers that span since 2015-16 wow that has been amazing so we've grown with them they've grown with us um the interesting thing is is that and we've had to make peace with it more me when i'm using the collective we is my team but it's more me is that everybody's going to need a plan b and sometimes i'm not going to be available when we get busy we really busy my machines get booked up sometimes 2 3 4 2 weeks ahead for me to stop a machine with a corporate order and put in something that's going to take half an hour will actually cause that whole corporate order to be delayed then you have to say no and that's not easy so with partnerships you know the relationship side is obviously really important maintaining it everybody has a good day everybody has a bad day 
we do get things wrong thankfully not often but um you know it's just obviously understanding that you know in partnerships there's always gain there's a season for everything there will be a beginning and an end and some partnerships have naturally faded out some have come back with a, a different requirement or request and we've gone in a new direction um the biggest thing though with anything with a partnership is open communication and that has been crucial it's you know if we can't do something we can't help it's not to try and make it work we've done that of course it doesn't work out well it lands up that's where the mistakes happen that's where it actually lands up costing you more time and money and actually damages the relationship so that's the biggest thing then the other thing that's interesting is um which we're learning and busy sorting out now going back to the fundamentals is actually having contracts we've never really had a contract with people and it goes even as far as a non-disclosure agreement um you know sometimes especially when you're working with somebody for such a long period of time and they're investing with you walking the road with you because they're giving you their business you know they they're trusting you with also their ideas and that you land up sharing a lot more maybe about techniques you know good old granny's secret recipe kind of thing and next second you can't help and they're having to go to plan b and you seeing a technique that you've been using for years that you've close, closely guarded and you just have taken for granted that they've now understood or you know you maybe might have mentioned now being shared somewhere else and it's that's not easy so we're busy tightening up a lot of loose ends at the moment with ndas with um people that we do have long standing relationships saying you know we'd like to just formalize this a bit more but i think that's a sign of growth and again we're not going to be in dubai forever i don't know it could be another year it could be 10 years it could be 30 years i don't know who knows yeah. who knows right yeah. but when i leave and with whatever time it's needing to be i need to know that if i sell the business it's actually a business of value um and i don't know <laughs> if one would be able to do that because we're so involved with our business i don't know if it's something that one could sell who knows but what the intention is though that we build a business that can be sold why not but that they actually are all of these things in place with contracts and agreements so that everybody has an understanding of the relationship and the structure of it um so yeah it it, it seems like a good problem to have right um like the first phase of phase first phase of business is always survival. Yes. So for example, you'd never think about company culture when you're in survival, you know. No. Company culture is just a, a thing you read about on Google. You don't you don't actually work on it. Yes. But then you get to a point where survival is not a concern anymore. It's growth. Yes. And with growth um comes its own problems. Um I have a story about growth that I keep uh repeating in front of my wife and she's so sick of hearing it because every time I meet someone new, well she's not here so I'm going to tell you the story. Okay, great. But uh, are you aware of how a lobster um grows its shell? No. So the shell of the lobster, it's pretty hard. It's yes. a hard case. It's not a muscle, so it doesn't actually grow. Yes. But the inside the meat and the body of the lobster is always growing. Yes. And what ends up happening it it overgrows its own shell, at which point it either can suffocate or no has to shed off its own shell. So when a lobster sheds off its own shell, it takes time for that to grow back. A new one, a fresh new new fit uh one to grow back. At this time the lobster has to find a place to hide from predators in the sea. It yes. feels vulnerable, it feels scared, it feels cold while it's growing its new shell. And you know that's what I describe me going through business every 3 months. It's you know when we're in the growth phase, you have to let go and shed off the old way of doing things on napkins yeah. versus formalizing relationships with contracts and um i think i think that's like i'm going to call my next business a lobster cuz like <laughs> that's all we <laughs> end up doing no yeah. but 
uh, I wanted to ask you, so that that is a good example. Is there an example of uh, like the contracts you mentioned, a good example? Is there another example where these partnerships have actually helped you improve your own business, your own operations, maybe your pricing, maybe something else? Has, has something else with these partners inspired you in any other way? Well, it's allowed us to do different things. Um, so we've been able to, um, you know, I don't want to call myself a production house because it's not what we really are, but we have, in a sense, become a production house for a few select companies. And it's amazing to help them get on their feet and have success because we're able to assist them. So it's like a white label so, yeah, situation? It is a bit. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and they've also allowed us and pushed us in a new direction and you know, made us see that there's so much more that we can do and offer and things that maybe we wouldn't have normally done. Um, but we're also very cautious because we're a small team. We can't take on too many of those. So the ones that we have taken on, we've been very specific and cautious with, and we've made sure that we've done all the background <laughs> checks and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. you know, the niggles and that. And it's, it's so far it's been very rewarding. It's, you know, so hopefully onwards and upwards, and we both continue to enjoy the benefits of this uh, joint, enjoy, you know, collaboration. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, good. I wanna. I told you before the interview that my mind's a bit uh, uh, weird with timelines. I'm gonna switch switch to the next topic. No uh, problem. We're talking about improving your business. It's sort of related. Do you spend any time uh, improving yourself so that you are more useful to the business? What does your self growth look like? Um, is it mostly through experiences in the business that is your biggest teacher, or do you do anything outside of that as well? to make yourself more useful to your business? A bit of both. My husband is really good. He's always, mm -hmm. you know, upskilling himself with, you know, um, different uh, techniques in terms of, especially computer software is like crazy. Things develop really quickly. Um, I'm a bit more on the back foot of the social media side, which is interesting because I know you spoke about that earlier. I mean, TikTok is another animal and there's a lot of potential there, especially for a business like mine. So it's something we do need to look at. But last year, in terms of self-growth and development, there were opportunities that I was able to put myself forward for. Um, one of them was with the American Women's Entrepreneurship Program that was run for a period of three months. It was phase one. And then if you qualified, you were selected to go into phase two, which I was quite surprised about because I made phase two. <laughs> so it's just why I say that is because it was a really busy time. And um, being the type of person I am and maybe a little bit controlling. I knew I wasn't giving 100%, but I guess the 80% I was giving was sufficient. So that was really rewarding that they saw the potential and the fact that I was up for another six months um, or three months at least of supporting and working with them. And that was really great because it, a lot of things that one worries about are some of the things that actually never happen. And I definitely have spent more time worrying about things that aren't going to happen than the things that are. And just being part of that whole team and hearing the other problems that other small business owners had knowing and understanding taking comfort that I wasn't alone was huge and it can be a very lonely journey and if you don't allow yourself to be part of networking groups it's not every networking group is going to fit but there are some really really good ones um, and taking use of or making yourself available for you know these opportunities and there are a lot in Dubai there really are you know you won't have that growth and it just gave me peace of mind it allowed me to be more confident it's opened up doors with Tish Tash, so many things. And even that, it's been completely out of my comfort zone. Um, as I mentioned earlier, even doing this interview is huge for me. Um, you never ever see my face or a picture of me anyway. It's um, literally it's as if I've been scrapped from the internet. It's just because we have wanted our business to sell itself. We've wanted our products, people to fall in love with that. 
not me, not my husband, not Tamsin, the product, because that's actually what needs to be able to stand on its own going forward. It's I can't be everywhere on a street corner, you know, or at a market or somewhere trying to sell something. It's it, people need to fall in love with the product. So absolutely, no. I think I think I'm. So I tried doing research on you, obviously, <laughs> before the show. Yes. Um, I feel very honored <laughs> that you're here on camera <laughs> and you're being fully <laughs> candid. Um, but I could tell, okay, there, there's a story here. Just because you're not there on the internet doesn't mean you don't have a, a story. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about this uh, quickly before the interview too, of running you know, this kind of a business as an introvert. I mean, your business is called The Party. <laughs> it's it's the most extroverted name for a business there could be. Can we talk and jam about that um, in terms of, let's say, energy recuperation? Okay, so obviously you have to be on calls, meet people, meet the team, meeting me now uh, for a couple of hours too. So how do you find, how do you take care of yourself after an exhausting talking day, let's say? Um. I'd become very quiet. <laughs> I do. Um, and I just lose myself into like a design or something um, or just zone out in front of the, the TV later tonight. Most probably just almost allow myself to become brain dead. <laughs> yeah. It sounds crazy to say that. But um, yeah, it's a, I do find that it's a difficult when you are. And I think we also discover the term an extroverted introvert where I have moments where I can be the life and soul of the party and then hope I never see those people again. Um, and it's just maybe they caught me on a good day, things are going well. And I think that's uh, with a lot of people, when things are going well, you you have an aura, you have an energy about you. Um, and that's what our business actually gives us is because we're dealing with things that are so beautiful all the time and amazing designs and really nice people, it kind of just burns you on and gives you that energy boost and it gets you feeling excited and motivated. And the fact that clients like your ideas and they have ideas and they great ideas it just kind of fuels each other and it really it keeps you going even when you are feeling exhausted and like you're feeling you can't, don't have any more to give. Um, but the name of the business is really interesting and in that, that you touched on it. So as I mentioned earlier, um, I had a really unpleasant dental experience where I actually couldn't talk for six months. So it was a very simple procedure, which resulted in an injection being given to me that I didn't need, and it damaged my, my lingual nerve. And An uh, anesthesia? Or? Yes. Oh. So people are phobic about dentists. I'm very cautious about how much I share and say about this. Look, it's one in like a million. I was one of the million. It, it happens. It's unfortunate. It is what it is. But it, it was also life-changing in the sense that our business came out of it because my husband saw that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, he needed to do, get his wife back. So, and we didn't stop from the moment we got busy with it. But we didn't have a name for the business. And the name came about because of what I'd been through and where I'd come from in the six months or whatever before we officially launched. I obviously wasn't healed. You know, my, my trauma is still there, but I can talk at least. <laughs> there has been obviously a lot of improvements, but... I was more me again, and we were doing things that were beautiful and were adding value to people's lives, celebrations, were helping create memories. We needed a name. And my husband said, well, you know, if we look what's happened with you and we see what we're doing, there's something special to be celebrated in every day. And what are we doing? We're helping people with their celebrations. So it's, it's a party. It's a celebration. It's an occasion. It's like the business should be called the party. So it's the party. And it's so it's a very personal journey for us in the sense that it's actually come from a place of extreme like you know for me especially a very very dark time 
um, I've basically lost the sense of my taste. So, um, you know, you think about life, everything, even a party, what are you doing? You're going to eat food. Like today, you offered me something to drink. You're going home, you're having a wonderful meal with your family. You enjoy cooking. You, you're great at putting things together. Food is a very integral part of everything that we do. So, yes, it was a very interesting time. And to come to the point where we actually have got something that we are able to do and love and enjoy every single day is a celebration. Yeah, so... Which, which is why I wish you were online more often. Because <laughs> here's here's the thing I know about traumas. Yes. Um, having my own experiences with it, having family experiences with it, is that once you know that someone has overcome or is trying to overcome through an XYZ process, like this business for you or finding joy in other people's parties, yes. uh, once that part of the brain activates, I think it's much easier to deal or work with your own traumas as well. Yes. Uh, versus kind of taking it as a given like oh this happened to me it's all downhill from here yes. and there's nothing to be done I'm as you said one in a million people go through this so it's one mm. in a million nobody prepared for this I am not um. going to get out of this too and what keeps us going is stories and I think that story that you have uh, can be built on uh, a but more and just imagine maybe it affects one person yes. um, like it's helping me right now right like why <laughs> taking that kind of experience and making something beautiful out of it and as as i mentioned like as a bedroom musician um i love music because it's able to transcend the artist's trauma into something so beautiful even though some of my favorite artists end up killing themselves (laughs) i know know, you've been expressing yourself with music for so long and then that wasn't enough too but you know at least they're trying and they're trying in their own ways and you know, I, I really love that. And I, I, I do want to see more of that. So if you can share that story more often, yeah. you might be helping somebody yeah. um, with that as well. Um, we talked about this earlier. I'm switching topics again. <laughs> no problem. I'm very good at that. Um, saying no. Oh, yes. Right. Um, have you recently learned that? Did you kind of always know that? Because um, I'm recently starting to learn and perfect the art of saying no. Yeah. How would you say you are... Um, at at saying no is it comfortable have you found ways around it um, or saying no more often than yes is that something that you do more often than than agree it's getting easier to say no mm-hmm. and the, we definitely are needing to say a lot more no's than what we are reason being that you <laughs> there are only so many hours in a day and if we overload ourselves everybody suffers um, some clients have got really unrealistic expectations, um, you know, last minute requests that are just not possible to do. And we know we're disappointing them. We know that it might mean that we might not have um, them come back to us again. Um, these are both longstanding and new clients. And it's sometimes there's just no option. You have to say no. Other times it's you might have a history or previous experience with that specific company or client and it costs the business too much money in terms of you know, we always give a price and a quote before we work, so it gets approved, so everybody has an understanding of where we're at. Um, and there's some instances where um, there's obviously scope and project creep, it does happen, of course, and sometimes because everything's new, what we're doing, you only realize once a project is over that you've undercharged or, you know, you would do it differently or, you know, it's a learning, of course. I thought um, you'd do your math before. <laughs> we do, but there are learnings. Every day is a school day. Um, and so, you know, the things that we then just clearly, you know, decide not to. Because we've been known as a company that can do anything and everything as well, which is great. Um, 
we've also realized that we have to stop saying no to just anything and everything. Um, you know, for you to come to me and want a key ring, of course I can do it. It's no problem. It will take me as long to do that in the design and making as it would most probably for, you know, one of my corporate orders. What is the sense of doing that? So that's, that's a no, but it's, is hard to say. Um, obviously because at the end of the day, fills and derms are fills and derms. And, uh, but what we have found is when we have said no, other doors have opened and the time we would have allocated to that keyring is now better spent on a bigger project that is high revenue earning. So sometimes you've just got to trust that even though it's a hard one to do, that no's are not a bad thing. Um, and, you know, I've said no's to a lot of things like actually interviews in the past, <laughs> but they haven't been the right time. Yeah, <laughs> but it that's hasn't been. Is. And I think that's the thing is it's, yeah. it has to be the right time. There's some things like even the investors, it hasn't been the right time. And we've maybe needed to continue our growth journey and our business journey to get to where we are. Now we have more to offer. Whereas before, who knows, maybe our ideas would have been, you know, closed down, shut down. Maybe it would, just been, we've, it would have been kept on one road. Now we've got options. So no's, yeah, they, they're here to challenge us and make us uncomfortable, definitely. Um, but I'm very much a pros and cons person as well. And I do trust my intuition. Even though there's a niggle, um, there always will be a niggle. Um, even with a yes, there will be a niggle. But it's just once you've made the decision, just be comfortable with it and move on. Um, you know, it's a, yeah, that's the big thing is just not looking back. Yeah, I think we all kind of intuitively know if we're listening and we're aware and attuned to our gut, what's a yes and what's a no. The, the tough part uh, is actually formulating the language around the no. Yes. Um, yes. Especially when you know that it's a no for this particular thing that you're asking yes. for, but maybe later we can do something yes. else. Yes. And you want to keep, you know, keep it amicable. We've had those conversations with clients before. We've had yeah. to, you know, we've had to say, especially our good clients, because they get disappointed. They get very upset. And now oh, you've you disappointed me. And now it's like, what am I going to do? My plans are ruined. I'm like, well, you know, this is why. But, you know, we can move forward in this way or that way. The problem <laughs> I find is that when I say no, my husband says yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we sometimes, that's also interesting. No, we, we can have some choice words about that. But, um, do you, you know, guys have veto over each other for these kind of things? You know, not really. I mean, we land up discussing it. I mean, I'd say it's, it's like a 50-60 situation again where half the time the no does maybe become a bit of a yes and sometimes the yes becomes a bit of a no. But we'll try and find a middle ground that works for us firstly and then obviously the client. I mean, at the end of the day, if we can't deliver, the client's not going to be happy anyway. So I'd rather be honest and say, you know, we can't deliver. <laughs> no matter what, we're not going to be able to deliver. Um, yeah. Yeah. The and problem, yeah. It's it's a bit tougher with, with clients because um, what they're thinking in their mind, and they let us know in those words too, that we're the ones giving you the money, mm. right? And it's, for example, they'd ask for a rate that I just can't do because uh, mm. we work on monthly retainers and they would suggest a price which is ridiculous for me. Like I'd be, I'd not be in business. If I took every client on like that, I'd be out of business mm. in two months max. And uh, the responses are like, fine, I'll take my business somewhere else. Don't be mad. I just, it's a business, you're a business owner. You understand, like you cannot work below profit margins. That's, that's bad business. So I have a question for you. Have any of those clients ever come back to you? Um, I would not want them if they even okay. do. A couple have. 
So it's interesting because we've also had that situation with like, oh, you, you're too expensive in the market. Well, our materials are imported. Our machines are state-of-the-art. You're getting us designing, checking. We'll most probably even be installing. So, you know, you, you're getting what you're paying for. Yeah. But if you would like to go somewhere else, we really wish you well and all the best. Yeah. You know how many times they've come back to us? <laughs> A mm. lot. And because they can see the difference. and But they didn't get what they wanted. And they actually end up spending more because it needs to be redone or something was wrong or they had to go somewhere else and have it made again. So it is an interesting one. Clients will always be challenging. That's that's the the one thing that's a definite. Um, which is not a bad thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, at least they want to challenge us. <laughs> yeah, and, you know. and we invite that. Because yeah. you know what? Client requests make you improve your business. So yes. I've been managing clients since 2010 in other capacities, right? In my FX trading world and tech companies here and there. So I've kind of gotten the sense of human psychology and how it works because that's all I used to read about too because I was in sales or customer uh, relationship uh, kind of roles, account management kind of roles. The, my bookshelf was, you know, all the way from like how to win uh, friends and influence people uh, yes. um, to um, thinking fast and slow. Like all these books are re- just reading into what are humans and why do they behave the way that they do. Mm. Um, and it's really fun for me to chat to Alina about this stuff because she hasn't been in those kind of roles as much as I have. But she looks after all our clients. She's a point mm. contact for our clients and she goes at it with her gut and her heart. And she's also easily taken for a bit of a ride as well because she hasn't seen the trajectory of the the warning signs, the red flags Mm -hmm. that kind of come in. And I'm not in the day to day. I'm I'm very lucky that I can actually take a trip tomorrow and the business will still be running. Amazing. That's my job description (laughs) that I worked on. It was like, if I if I have to leave tomorrow to go to Budapest, can I? (laughs) Without without doing that. But Mm -hmm. she has to do that day to day interactions and where trying to help her as well to identify these red flags and she has such a strong gut of who's mm. going to be who do we need to say no to and cut out almost immediately and mm. she has such a poise of how to communicate that while keeping the relationship so i have lots to learn from you guys as well and having them explain to them like the realities of, of doing the business yeah. um does any other story come to mind about about saying no uh, that you've recently had to and worked out well <laughs> or didn't work out too well oh i mean they are i just would have to think of a good one (laughs) um i mean yeah sure we'll come back to it we'll come back to it i'll throw it in back of my brain i'll I'll go in heavy with the next one have you ever thought of shutting this whole thing down yes (laughs) (laughs) you didn't even finish the question (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and how many nights a week do you do do how many times in one night do i do it no um the last two years have been crazy. Let's face it. It's, you know, my husband um, was a pilot of the Emirates for 13 years and he's a passionate, passionate, passionate pilot. I mean, it's, he didn't even think he was going to fly again and he just caught, caught up in the net of everything. And within two weeks of him getting his retrenchment, we also sold our dream home that we'd been working on for eight years. So, um, so much disruption, so many things that really threw us and you question everything. Everything, everything, everything. And even then with the business, because it's all happened so fast and we've been very fortunate, very lucky that we've been able to do what we've been able to do. You just look back, especially when a big trauma like that happens. And it was very, I mean, there was, as you know, I mean, the whole of Dubai knew it was a very collective, especially with Emirates, mass movement of people and devastation that you kind of get lost in what next. And it's, it's like a death. It's, mm-hmm. It really was. 
that um, I really was questioning. I was like, maybe we should shut everything down. Maybe we should just sell it. Maybe we should, maybe we should. Um, but as we've had the healing, we've, and when I say healing, time is a healer. You know, you've, we can breathe now. We can talk about it. We can make peace of the fact that we sold out the home we loved and worked on. And um, I really couldn't speak about that even six months ago. <laughs> so it's, it was really hard. Um, I'm not feeling that way anymore. But I think if you don't think about that, you're not challenging yourself about why you're really doing it. You know, what am I doing this for? What is my big picture? What is my big goal? You know, what? where to from here? Where, how am I going to take it? Am I going to sell it? Do I want to keep it? Would it be something when we leave, we just shut down? Um, when would be a good time? If, if you don't have these uncomfortable conversations, um, how are you going to find the growth and the direction that you need? You know, that's also been instrumental for us finding. And as I said, the, the people that came into contact with us last year, me specifically allowing for the self-growth, have made me question these things as well. Um, so it's been a very interesting disruptive time in terms of, you know, just plodding along, feeling comfortable, everything's great, to real tough questions about, about you know, the next stage. Um, I mean, my husband and I, we don't have children. Um, we have cats. <laughs> we're also in our mid-40s, so we're not exactly on the, the younger side of things anymore. So you start thinking about, the, you know, further on, bigger, later stages of life as well. Um yeah, so it is a it is an interesting question about <laughs> yeah pack it all in. There's a really good book. I have to small little confession with it though. It's, it's a podcast where you can listen to it as a podcast called Built to Sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the author's name, but we, is it Jim Jim Collins? I think it might be. So we currently um, live in Garhut. We used to be in Arabian Ranches, and our warehouse is in DIP two. So it's quite a long commute every morning, mm-hmm. backwards and forwards. So my husband was like, great, 2022, let's get this podcast on the go. Let's get going. And I would sleep through it every day. <laughs> but having said that, obviously, I'm really good at listening to things in my sleep because there were absolute pearls of wisdom in this podcast. And it is a definite book I think I should read, not listen. His voice was very, very, very soothing. <laughs> a bit too soothing. A bit too soothing. But little things that he said, it was just so interesting how they streamlined their business in terms of um, – it was also a creative design company and the advice was given is focus on the one thing that would bring you the most revenue and actually give you the most joy. And it landed up being they just wanted to be known as the company to go for for logo designs. They could do anything and everything. And they, the company went through a dip, it went through a dive, it, you know, they worried they lost clients. But at the end, the results of having the right guidance and actually focusing on something that was actually what they should be focusing on was that he had an incredible business that he could sell for a value that it was actually worth. So it's really interesting. It's a mindset change. And sometimes you need to go through that turbulent time where you question everything and you kind of love to hate what you do um, to bring you back and get that passion going again. And especially with a lot of people and a lot of small businesses that I know, the last two years have nearly closed their businesses and, again, have made them question everything. It's They've needed to find the love again. And... Um, I wouldn't be human if I didn't say I didn't feel the same way some days. People are draining and exhausting and demanding and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and our partners. So why wouldn't you want to bell ship if you had an opportunity to, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, 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 out. and business owners are, um, are, are a target for, for how our relationships in our life um, evolve as our business is going up and down too, yes. right? Like the, there's a lot of fingers pointed at, 
oh, look, he or she is losing her health. Oh, look, he or she doesn't spend time with the kids anymore. Oh, look, he and she doesn't have. And it gets really tough. And I think that part is not mentioned enough in like business news media. It's all about, as we were saying, the latest tech, the, the latest great idea, the latest round of funding, the latest product, the latest customer. It's not all ways that. And um, I, I only asked this question because I felt strange feeling like this. And so did Alina that, you know, we want to, it's almost like, you know, pardon the extreme uh, phrase, but like killing your baby, right? Like yes. you, you give birth to this and you say, yeah. I don't want it anymore. And it, <laughs> it almost feels like that. Yeah. Uh, some nights where, especially if you listen to like being true to your nature, right? What's your nature? Why are you in business? As you mentioned, why did you get into this? What was your mission? And it's not about taking over the world for me, at least, and not for Lena either, right? No. We don't want the largest multi-corporation, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos <laughs> kind of company. We, yeah. we, as I mentioned before, I want a good lifestyle. I want to play. I want to have a bit of money and I want to do this for the creative expression. Yes. So at the point where the business loses one out of these three things, we both want to shut it down. So either if our day becomes less play and more work, yeah. uh, if money starts drying up or if the creative... Uh, creativity dries up um, and we wait to see like how do we revive you know put the little uh, electric shocks on this on the chest I don't know what that device the defibrillator yeah defibrillator yeah so like this podcast is part of that uh, creative expression thing because it was dying for me in the business yeah. um, I haven't found a way to make money from the podcast yet but you know the whole point is doing and perfecting the craft so that there's more creativity and then take that to the next level where it's already play for me it is a bit of a creative expression this is a live unscripted talk yes. and the third part and the missing part is the money part and that will be figured out once these two are there as well but i want to ask that i wanted to ask that question to let people know that you know what get ready for this and there's no mm -hmm. shame also in shutting it down right like yeah. going going back to the corporate world let's say there shouldn't be a shame. You could always say like, hey, I gave it a shot. Yeah. Tried it, not for me, not my flavor. Well, there we go. And I mean, for yeah. some people, I mean, we, we've enjoyed it because we've been able to grow it. And that's been yeah. amazing. And I mean, we've added to the machines from just having a laser machine. We now have three, you know, from, and then we've got a foam cutting machine. We've got a color printer. We've got a color sticker, vinyl plotter printer thing. It's amazing. So, and each one is a challenge. It keeps you going. We've been able to reinvent ourselves every little, every time a little bit more because we've been able to do more. Um, and that is very, very, it's, but at what stage, like how many more machines are we going to need to keep this feeling going? You know, there's also got to be a line in the sand with that. So it's interesting, you know, keeping that feeling going in that. But often I also think, I wonder if I could get back into the corporate world. I do miss it. It gave me an identity. Yeah. It really did. And the stability. It did. And the stability, the security. I mean, I must admit there are many months when we don't take a salary because we're reinvesting in the business. So... You know, and that's that's part of the hard things of being a business owner. You know, yeah. It's not all easy, but we make it look easy. Like these conversations are not out there. They're not being spoken about. It's the hardships and that. Yes, there's amazing um, networking events where people speak about like failures and whatnot, but we're all standing there as a success at the end of the day is speaking about it. But when you're going through it, it, it doesn't feel like you're surviving. It's pretty traumatic. No, you um, go through imposter syndrome almost yes, on a daily basis. Yes. Am I cut out for business? Yes, 100%. Do you have that? Yes. Yeah. And then sometimes I think it's like, you know, wow, you know, can we do this? Um, I sometimes see that with my husband as well. He look at me like, well, how do you see this working? And I'm like, the same way we did like six months ago. I think it'll be okay. 
So he even has it, and without even realizing it, he's verbalizing feeling a bit uncertain at some times. And at least we can communicate and talk. I think that's the big thing, as mentioned earlier. Have your circle of trust, have people you can be vulnerable with, because it's hard. It can be very lonely, yeah. very lonely. Yeah. yeah, I think we were talking off camera about that too. Is also uh, we were making the shift in having more business owners in our life. Yes, because to be able to relate to this is a is a special skill too. Like the conversation we're having, we I can't have that with a corporate employee because they would be, um, you know, at the end of the day, they would say something like, um, "Oh, but you have a business; you can always go back." Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, there's there's work to be done there. The the other analogy I was thinking of is so we, I have a, a not my child; I have a two month old in the house right now. My sister's moved in for for a month, and the baby doesn't know when it's hungry or you never know what what's up with the baby it only has a way to tell you which is by crying yes <laughs> so i feel like my business cries but does not communicate with me <laughs> so we feel the energy like something's yes. wrong yes. and then you gotta try and feed it yes. or you gotta try to get it to burp or you gotta yes. just walk around with it or you just gotta put a soother in it um so i think as you're mentioning with your machines like you maybe it's time for an upgrade maybe it's time yeah. to do things differently mm. um it's just your baby's way of crying and telling you that do something else yes um, I do have a few more questions, though. Okay, shoot. Who do you call the most at 2 a.m. for business advice? Do you have, uh, I'll open up the question and you can take it wherever you want, but do mm. you, have you found useful mentors in your business life? Or are there certain people that you trust and respect more often with their, with their advice? And, and what do you like about them? Um, yes and no. I mean, the, the first person, obviously, you turn over and look at is my husband. It's like... <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> Burning question. Um, my mom is amazing. Oh, she's incredible. She, um, obviously, being a parent, I think you understand your child. I mean, I can phone her and she'll hear immediately in the tone of my voice if there's something. And she's an incredible sounding board. Very non-judgmental. Um, she's just got an incredible aptitude for business. She's never been in business herself, although her dad was an entrepreneur. He had a business making tiles and all the swimming pools in South Africa are actually tiled with their family businesses tiles and shopping malls and everything. But obviously over the years, a lot of those have been replaced. So it's, she's grown up in an environment where maybe there's a lot of talk in that and it's in her, it's a natural instinct. So she sometimes asks really tough questions, which is really amazing. I've also been lucky that in my career, in my corporate career, I was surrounded by people that were really good and, um, you know, were always challenging me to be better. They could see potential. So I carry that a lot with me, although I'm not in contact with them. Um, other small businesses owners around, because I'm, I'm the one that you always find at the back of the room quietly, you know, sipping my decaf coffee. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it has to be decaf. I can't do caffeine. Um, but you'll, I'll find that there'll be one or two others that are there as well. And you just click. And they're relationships that take time to be built. But they're the ones that have been there since the beginning. And again, you know, pick up the phone, if not speaking for months, then they're like, where are you at? Oh gosh, okay. Yeah, you'll be okay. It's just sometimes a word of encouragement or support. And I find that it's reciprocated, you know. So it is lonely, but I do have a very, very small group of people that I know are a phone call away. Um, I'm also part of two really good networking groups and they've been amazing. Um, it's also difficult in a sense where you make yourself vulnerable and you're speaking about problems because you don't really want it to be you know somebody out of turn they meet with you know other small business friends or whatever and it's like oh did you hear what happened at the party this is what's going down and it they're not failures they're not things that are going to be 
you know, detrimental to the business, but maybe it's a challenge we're going through. You don't really want too much of that kind of spoken about. And also people have selective hearing, selective understanding, selective perception. They also hear what they want to hear. So I'm very cautious about who and what I do say. And normally it's when it's near the end of resolution that I actually check in with somebody because it's that final hurdle that you're always needing the biggest boost. Yeah, It's, you know, it's normally when you're the most exhausted as well. <laughs> but also burnout is a real thing. And I know that that's something that, especially wearing all the hats and trying to be on it all the time and motivated and positive and that, it's, it can be really exhausting. And to be mindful of that and just to speak to people and have that support and have people aware of it with you and just check in with you is, is really great. And I'm lucky I do have that. So that also helps. Yeah. You know, and it can't always be a partner, especially if they're in business with you. <laughs> so they sometimes don't see the signs, you know. So it's, I suppose because you're all in it together, but sometimes it's an outsider that helps. I know. So. They say that you can uh, never be a prophet in your own land. Yeah. Uh, so, like, when I'm trying to be all advicey to Alina, she doesn't listen. And she's, when she sees something from the outside and tells me, I, probably don't listen but you know person three you would say something like wow that's genius yes and she'd smack my head like i told you that two days yes, ago <laughs> sure. you, yeah. won't, you won't need that right yeah um yeah i know so. i know the challenge you're talking about about you know when you're being too honest about your business too uh, like if we go out for a late dinner with another couple it's 9 a 9 p.m i'm already dead tired <laughs> yes. so my filters have just gone out yes. you know and I get into this zone where, you know, someone that someone asks, so how's business? You want to know? <laughs> this is how business. And then we'd have the chat in the car on the way back. And I was like, okay, listen, we need to get our story straight. <laughs> so she tried to calm me down. She's like, you know, you can't say all of that. Because like, as you said, people yeah. have selective hearing. Yes. And in this particular case, the we were taking out friends who are also our clients. Oh, gosh. And yeah. I went off the rails a little bit, you know, questioning the whole, should I even keep it on? You know? <laughs> Am I ever going to survive this? And she's like, that's our client. I'm like, but that's our friend too. <laughs> yeah. So we, it's hard to draw draw the lines because, yes. you know, a lot of our friends have end up becoming our clients and our, our clients are becoming our friends and we're all kind of in the same age range. So we, we hang out too and I have to mind myself with, with mm-hmm. the filters, but... Uh, and sometimes you get, and I don't know if you get this, but unwanted advice yes. on your business, which yeah. is without context that people can tell you what is good for you. Yes. Um, and you can only smile. Yes. Like, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's great, but. <laughs> yeah. It's um, Often that reminds me of the picture of the iceberg, you know, in the water. We yeah. only just see the top part and then nothing underneath. Yeah. We actually have that up and where our machines are because even with like the team when it's really busy, yeah, they're not seeing the full picture. They're not seeing everything else that's happening. And it's just for us all to be mindful of the fact that there's a lot more going on than just an order on a machine or yeah. a meeting with a client, you know. And a lot of that you haven't figured out either, right? Like you, as a business owner, you might be in touch with every area of the business, but what's under the iceberg, you're, you're figuring it out second by second too. 100%. Um, yeah. So to... To be, able, to be able to explain to anyone and give anyone the context, one must know it themselves. And we find ourselves not knowing things about our own business. Yes. Um, either because of the lack of mental energy during, you know, by the time the day is done or having good intentions to, you know, like you probably keep a task list, right? Yes. And a lot of those things are to do things yes. versus to think things. Yes. And I am dying for that time to do the to think th- things yeah. to think about x to think about y and i write it like that in my task too to think about but never happens 
No, and months go past. Months go past. You need a quieter space. Have you found space for the to think times for Uh, yourself? The business tends to be a little bit seasonal. Um, And uh, as we were chatting about earlier as well, this I think is the first summer when a lot of people have been able to travel after COVID. A lot more, it's a bit more accessible, et cetera, et cetera. So we're a bit quieter than what we'd normally be. And it's allowing us to catch up on the to think things, which has been great. And it's also better when you actually are motivated and full of energy first thing in the morning than at 11 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you can't keep your eyes open. So you land up making better decisions as well. So, yeah, so we do have that as well. But this is the time. So there's only certain times of the year, summer, and then straight off to Christmas because everybody's been celebrating year-end, whether celebrating Christmas or not. It's a season of gift-giving. And, you know, family time. So regardless, people tend to have a bit of a quieter January. And they're broke. And they're broke, yes. (laughs) Another time when they're broke is actually after the summer holidays. So September as well, because school fees and all Mm -hmm. those good things and spending all the money at home on family and visiting and stocking up on all the goodies to bring back. Yeah, we're all there right now. Yes, we are. Definitely so. Yeah. Yeah. So you had some more questions for me? I do. Um, I do agree with you about the two think. Um things like we're having a slow summer too yeah as you said the same thing like yeah a lot of business owners are out um a lot of their customers are out yes so less less requirement for marketing and it's giving us that time you should see how excited alina is when she gets to do her to think things i'm sure like she was writing an operations manual she's so giddy <laughs> so giddy who gets giddy writing an operations manual because it's it's a thing on your list like you yes. know i'm going to formalize my yeah. my ops manual and she finally got to do it. Amazing. Yeah. But it's a sense of satisfaction when you get there. You finally feel like you're achieving something that you've been wanting to do. Yeah. And it does. It actually it motivates you as well. So yeah. it's quite exciting. I, I get it. It is. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to September when we're actually busy again with the to-do yes. things. But, you know, uh-huh. hey, that's a cycle. Yeah. I do have a, a rapid fire round to do with you. Okay. Oh, as, we, as we start to wrap up. <laughs> okay. Um, very controversial. No. It's oh, okay. <laughs> the hot seat. Here we come. Um. Are you are you are you up for it? Mm, okay, fire? let's see. Okay, <laughs> I'll start with the easy one. Okay, ice cream or gelato? Ice cream. All right. Okay. <laughs> Exciting flexibility that leads to volatile results, or boring consistency that leads to sure results. Oof. Well, I would say the the second one, the boring. What's your results? results? Yeah. Should be the one I should be choosing, but uh-huh. I'm fine. Your gut chose for you. I'm leading more towards the. I'm needing to. I'm needing to. I'm needing to move in that direction. So that's my yeah. self growth. So we'll, we'll go on a little with that one. That's the lobster story in <laughs> that progress. That is a lobster story in progress. <laughs> All right, uh, spa day or shopping? Spa day. Yeah, would have to be because I don't get to do that much, <laughs> so, and online shopping's there all the time. So awesome. Yeah. Um, if you weren't living in Dubai, where would you be? Hmm. So we, my husband, I've spoken about this a lot, obviously because of what happened in 2020. I would love to go back to South Africa. It's, it's beautiful. It's my heart. It's my home. Um. So depends on which frame of mind you're in. Okay. So obviously family and all of that. Finland is incredible. My husband's not interested in Finland because it's so cold and he doesn't like the cold and it's really cold. Um, but that's where his family and home is. And I think it would be an incredible challenge. And we could, our business is the type of business we can take anywhere with us, really, because if we can design and do things, we can make things happen. Um, 
so South Africa doesn't work, Finland doesn't work. Um, most probably Portugal. We Portugal. both like Portugal, so it must probably say Portugal. Okay, I'll so. see you in Portugal. <laughs> we'll see you there. Um, favorite Netflix show of all time, not released this year. So, wow. But I don't know if it was on Netflix. Um, TV show in ah, general. What was it? But they're all the freaky ones, like the ones where they all mass murder killer people. <laughs> no, ju no judgment for um, me. Oh, and I can't even remember the name of it. Oh, oh, what was it now? Begins with an F. Oh, it was super scary. Fargo? No, with Fargo was mild in comparison. <laughs> I can't remember. But what we have liked is Ozark. Ozark. That was quite interesting. So yeah, I'd say I wouldn't say all time, but that's the one comes straight to. Season one was really good. Okay. The rest were kind of like, but that one we like gripped. Okay, <laughs> I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the one book you think every business owner should read and not build to sell? Because we already talked about it. anything other than that. Um. Hmm. That's the only one that actually comes to mind. Um. I could also say the Alchemist by. Paulo Coelho. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just there was a really good book that actually resonated with me. It's a, just it's got a lot of pearls of wisdom in it. Just as yeah. a, for a person, You're not really a business owner, but I think anybody could have value in that. Of course, no, so, no. I, I was talking to Tash about this question, and she answered uh, five love languages. Yes, and uh, very good. And I was telling her like my my take on business books. Any book is a business book, yeah. really, because like anything yeah. that has to do with human nature, or even if it's fiction, nonfiction, yeah. it's it flows with you to the business right yes so okay paulo coelho alchemist yes if you were to stop working um as the party yes or if you were not to make any more custom designed goodies for people what would you be doing i most probably would go back into what i was doing before risk and compliance i'd really left my job because <clears throat> i yeah. really did and it was a case of my career or my marriage. And obviously my marriage and my love for my husband won. So um, it was just I was really happy I had tremendous career success. But that was then and this is now. I don't think it's the same. You know, it would not be the same. Um, but it was just, if it could be the same, yes. It was it just, I was really happy. And if I think the happiness I have now and the happiness I have then, it would, would be. So I've been very lucky I've had that experience in my life. I'm glad. Yes. My, my last <laughs> rapid fire question. Yes. Are you building big, 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 big company or a um, small company? I don't think what, I suppose it could be. Why shouldn't it be a big company? But I don't think it should be a big, big, big company. I think it's nice that it would become a big company. But one that's stable and that has, the key thing is that you do something you love and having fun. I think once all that stops and you know, the magic goes, then, then yeah, that's not, <laughs> not worth it like we spoke about earlier. But a small company, we've got so many opportunities to do what we do and take it on a larger scale. Why not? It's it's there. It's just to take that step. Yeah, as long as you're not removed from the the studio. Yes. Uh, in, in, an, in an office in the library tower. Yes. Just lo looking at the numbers. Um, Melissa, this has been so much fun. Thank uh, you. My one last thing would be, you know, what ask would you have for other entrepreneurs, if you were to put a message out there, a phrase, a sentence, let's say on a billboard on Sheikh Zayed Road uh, to new entrepreneurs in Dubai, what would you like to tell them as your words of, with your words of wisdom and advice? I think don't be afraid to take that first step because so many people don't and they must sit on the opportunity of something incredible that could be waiting for them. 
And it's not easy. That first step is never going to be easy, no matter what it is in life. If it's, you know, if it's giving up a chocolate addiction, you know, or starting a business, it's, it's always going to be uncomfortable. But if you don't try, you won't know. And there's no such thing as failure. It's learning. So take that first step. Here, here. I like that. Thank you so much. Oh, um, I was going to tell people to go find her online, but we have to get her there first. <laughs> Alia is going to work on that yeah. with you as well. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time for this. Thank you. I um, really enjoyed it. I hope you did. I did. Uh, I took copious amounts of notes, as you can tell. So there's a lot of discussion for Lena and I to have oh after my. this. And um, it's always lovely talking to like husband, wife businesses, or in this case, husband, wife and sister-in-law business. <laughs> I'm just going to show this beautiful business card it's wood yes it's birch wood scandinavian yeah. wood yes oh it's lovely i love this business card this is called style but thank you so much for coming pleasure and um i hope to get you down for a round two um let's let's see some changes happen in the business we'll i'm sure we'll have no other pressure. things to talk about experiments and pivots good luck with the retail move thank you very as well much. i look forward to seeing some of your goodies out in the market Thank you. And I appreciate your time and the questions too. That was yeah. really great. And I felt nice and relaxed talking about my business. So awesome. appreciate that. Thanks. I yeah. hope you come back. <laughs> I hope so too. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely am happy to do that. Thank you. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Okay, cheers. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Please do share this episode with someone you think will enjoy it as much as you did. To find out who else will be coming on or to recommend someone I should talk to, please follow my Instagram. It's at myfirstbusinesspodcast or go to the website myfirstbusinesspodcast.com. And that's all, folks. 